Welcome to the What Are Poems podcast, the only poetry podcast not seen to pretension. Are we doing this today? Are we doing it? It's Allen Ginsberg today on What Are Poems. What's been going on, folks? How was your week? Nice? Did you have a little slice of cheese? I don't think I'm supposed to be eating cheese anymore. I had a few slices of cheese earlier this week and I went, oh, my stomach. Sometimes I go, oh, it must be the cheese. Other days I'm like, I think it's the bread. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I'll stop eating pizza in Greece. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's the big C. I know my stomach hurts. It gurgles. Is this the kind of talk we want to be having? Stomach talk? Went to the old uh, Cherry Blossom Festival here in Wilkesbury today. It's uh, about 25 vendors. The mayor's there shaking hands. You know, there's a there's a what do you call it? A mascot. There's a minor league a minor league hockey team in Wilkesbury called the Scranton Wilkesbury. Penguins. I used to say penguin when I was little, but these are the penguins. They have a mascot by the name of Tux. Tux actually was in the uh, Hulu series about mascots that ran when Hulu was first launched back in the days when Hulu wasn't Hulu. It was just the guy from the uh, Allstate infomercial coming on between your favorite NBC shows. I'm talking 2011. I'm talking 2012, people. I'm talking back down the road, you know. But Tux was on this uh, thing. But at the time, I was a I was a, a server at a place called Garato Pizza, or as people around here like to call it Garatos, as though it's uh, someone's last name. Garato being the uh, the like uh, uh, the closed in lagoon, a Garato. These people call it Garatos. They're not too swift here in Wilkesbury, but. Uh, they do like Tux the Penguin, and Tux the Penguin came to this pizza place where I was working, and he was gonna uh, he's gonna ramp people up. I don't know what he's gonna do. He's he's not gonna chant. Usually chanting gets me going, uh, but uh, he's just gonna show up with his penguin arms, and they're gonna be shoveling pizza in their mouth, and it's gonna be a euphoric thing for everyone involved, as it is when a mascot arrives at a pizza restaurant. My friend Jesse, a very nervous little lady. Uh, waiting for her pizzas, swamped, as she would say, swamped. I used to lean down. She used to lean down at tables, down on her knees and get their order. And I would uh, I'd always say to her, hey, my table said if you could just stop leaning and taking the orders, they'd really appreciate it. I, I would say, uh, uh, my table would appreciate it if you stopped running by them all sweaty and nervous. We had a good time, you know. It was our 20s. We were surfing. We were living. We were dying. We were breathing. We were drinking pint after pint of alcohol. After eight-hour shifts at a pizza place. I mean, is that the American dream or what? But old, uh, old Jesse, old Schmashkins, who ate, uh, who ate gummy butterflies off a wooden floor in front of me one time and said, don't tell anyone. Well, now I'm telling everyone. I'm telling the poet public, the public, the pub, the poet public, the public poets. What do we call ourselves? Who are we? Well, she's pissed at Tux. Because he's getting in her way, and she's yelling at Tux, and Tux can't yell back because he's a because he's a masked mascot. But they get an altercation after altercation. She gets written up by our manager at the time, Lori Starr, the the lady who was famous for for running the for running the uh, Wilkesbury ground round into the ground. They put her in charge of the ground round, and she sank the ship. Uh, then she came to work at our pizza place, and she. Uh, she was basically the nemesis of me and my entire friend group from 23 to 26. You have to have one, I guess. 
what the hell am I talking about? Oh, Tux is at the Cherry Blossom Festival. So before he got there at the Cherry Blossom Festival, the mayor's there. Now, the mayor won't have a bee parade like I talked about last week, so I'm not for the mayor. But all these little kids are taking pictures with the mayor. They're shaking the mayor's hand. Everyone's talking to the mayor. Well, Tux shows up. Everyone's shaking Tux's hands. Everyone wants pictures with Tux. It's like, you know what? Sorry, Mayor Brown. You're not wearing a penguin costume. And I guess that's life, really, isn't it? That's where we've arrived at. If you're a man in a penguin costume, people are going to want to take pictures with you. And if you're just a bald mayor, sure, your political clout will get you a photograph or two, but you can't ride that train into destiny. You know what I'm saying, baby? Are we here? Are we doing what our poems? It's Saturday. Going to do another podcast after this. I'll tell you that about that at the end. I can barely speak. I'm drinking Mug Root Beer today. Not a sponsor. Could you imagine if Mug sponsored me? Hey, Mug. What would I say? Mug Root Beer. The one with the bulldog. Drink Mug Root Beer. It's got a bulldog on the cover. I'd probably have a... I'd probably say, hey, how's that Mug Root Beer, bulldog? And he'd go, that's pretty muggy. Is the... What's the dog... From Mugs Mugs Root Beer Mug Root Beer called. Is he Mugsy? Find a friend, Dave Mug. Where are you at, buddy? You out there? Mugsy? Old Mugs. Hey, when we come back, we're doing Allen Ginsberg. Strap in. He's a psycho. Okay. All the time with this. Who is Allen Ginsberg? My friend Joe Rosser, who I lived with in basically a flop house. Uh Reminded me of Ginsburg. He would dress in basically his whole laundry basket. He'd hit the town. He'd smoked. One time we were rolling cigarettes. This is a true story. We were rolling handmade cigarettes because it was that era. I'm talking 2011. I'm talking 2012, people. We were, there used to be this place in Philadelphia. It was like a mall underneath a bus station. Am I remembering this correctly? It's very hazy. I was drunk most of the time uh, there in old Philadelphia. Uh, at that time, but we were we were uh, we were down there. We were gonna split a bourbon chicken, a bourbon chicken meal from the uh, from the Chinese people in the food court there. We're gonna split that. We're gonna roll cigarettes. But we're in the middle of, the, of a mall, sort of. This mall actually had a mural of Bill Cosby. Talk about timely, huh? Uh, did you watch that documentary? Holy fuck! Talk about, you know, wow. He's a bad dude. He's a bad, bad dude, Bill Cosby. I don't need to say it. Everyone's already said it. But when I watched that doc, I was as my girlfriend would say, shook. Uh, but uh, we were rolling those. Uh, they used to be called, uh, what was it, drum? Drummer boy, drummer boy, loof leaf tobacco. Rolling them up. Rolling them up in the middle of the mall there. In the, in the mall under the bus station with the bourbon chicken. Rolling them up, rolling them up, we're rolling them up. We got 10 going, we got 11 going. We used to sell them in the back of a bar, Lucy's. It was smart. Because people will pay, they'll pay 2 $3 for a cigarette if they're drunk. Because they don't want to pay $13 in a machine. Because cigarettes are priced higher in a bar in the cigarette machines. Do you know about this cigarette? What's happened with the cigarettes? Are you cigarette savvy? But, uh, so, uh, we roll them. We'd roll them in this machine... And we'd sell them three, three bucks, that gets you a beer. You know, you sell another cigarette, you get another beer. It's, it's, uh, it's the, uh, it, was a, it was basically a part-time job, us selling these cigarettes. But we're rolling them in there, and a lady thinks that we're rolling marijuana cigarettes. And you know what she says to us? She goes, y'all rolling in here? Y'all rolling in here? We said, yeah, we are, we are uh, 
we are rolling. And she said, got a lot of heart. Got a lot of heart. Mm. You got a lot of heart. But Ginsburg always reminded me of Joe in, in that way, you know? A little bit about Allen uh, Ginsburg, Ginsgi, Ginzi, as I call him. Erwin Allen Ginsburg. He's born on June 3rd, 1926, and he dies April 5th, 1997. He's an American poet and writer. As a student at Columbia University in the 1940s, he began friendships with William S. Burroughs and Jack Kerouac, forming the core of the Beat Generation. He vigorously opposed militarism, economic materialism, and sexual repression. He embodied various aspects of this counterculture with his views on sex, drugs, and multiculturalism, hostility to bureaucracy, and openness to Eastern religions. Ginsburg is best known for his poem, Howl, in which he denounced what he saw as the destructive forces of capitalism and conformity in the United States. San Francisco police and U.S. Customs seized Howell in 1956 and attracted widespread publicity in 1957 became the subject of, a, of an obscenity trial as it described heterosexual and homosexual acts at a time when sodomy laws made male homosexual acts in every state a crime. The poem reflected Ginsburg's own, the poem reflected Ginsburg's own sexuality and his relationship with a number of men, including Peter Orlovsky, his lifelong partner. Judge Clayton W. Horn ruled that Howell was not obscene, stating, Would there be any freedom of press or speech if one must reduce his vocabulary to vapid, innocuous euphemisms? Euphemisms. 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 Ginsburg was a Buddhist who extensively studied Eastern religion disciplines. He lived modestly, buying his clothing in secondhand stores and residing in apartments in New York City's East Village. One of his most influential teachers was a Tibetan Buddhist, the founder of an institute in, Col- in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and at his urging, Ginsburg and poet Ann Waldman started the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics there in 1974. Ginsburg took part in decades of political protest against everything from the Vietnam War to the war on drugs. His poem, September in Jesser Road, called attention to the plight of Bengali refugees, which was caused by the 1971 genocide, and it examples what literary critic Helen Bendler describes as Ginsburg's persistence in protesting against imperial politics and persecution of the powerless. His collection, Fall of America, shared the annual National Book Award for Poetry in 1974. In 1979, he received his National Arts Club Gold Medal and was inducted into the American Academy of Arts and Letters. He was a Pulitzer Prize finalist in 1995 for his book Cosmopolitan Greetings, Poems, 1986 to 1992. Reagan to Clinton to... He's Allen Ginsberg. He's a bald, glasses-wearing, long-haired, freaky kind of person. Here's 11 facts. I got about Allen Ginsberg. He had a vision. Did you know this? In 1948, Ginsberg experienced a vision while reading poetry by the famed William Blake. He explained that after the experience as hearing the voice for days. Later, he would claim that he heard the voice of God, and he had spent time later using drugs to try and recapture the moment. So there you go. Why uh, trying to capture one of these moments in 1954? Ginsburg took peyote while writing Howl. He had hallucinations of a child-eating demon while staying at the Sir Francis Drake Hotel. The child-eating monster would be the inspiration for Moloch, the demon, in Howl. So take your peyote, kids. He was in love with a painting model. In the 1950s, Ginsburg met a young painting model named Peter Orlovsky. Orlovsky's was modeling for Robert Loving. And the pair fell deeply in love. Ginsburg tried to encourage his young boyfriend to become a poet. 
and eventually support him to teach poetry at the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics in Colorado. The two men remained together until Ginsburg's deaths over 40 years later. As a major trend in the 1960s, Ginsburg and Orlovsky traveled to India. They lived in Calcutta for over a year, meeting poets and politicians. One of Ginsburg's close friends in India was Pupal Jayakar, who was instrumental in Ginsburg being able to stay in the country. He's part of the hippie movement. Uh, Ginsburg was in San Francisco in 1967, but became known as the Human Bee-In, a very public celebration of psychedelic drugs. He was also a good friend of Timothy Leary, the psychologist who supported the use of psychedelics in medicine, and author Ken Kinsey, uh, who wrote One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, Sometimes a Great Notion. Kinsey's books are they're thick. They're thick boys. They're good boys, but they're thick boys. And One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, you know, not the book so much, but the movie. My God. Put it in the basket, Chief. Put it in the basket. I bet a dime. I bet a dime. What's the, what's the other part that I like? Uh, it's with Christopher Lloyd. They're playing Monopoly. What's he say to him? He's, uh, he's like, play the bet, Harding. Play the bet. No. What is it? I forget. I love that part. <laughs> Neil Cassidy was Ginsburg Muse. Neil Cassidy was inspirational to many greats of the Ginsburg era. Jack Kerouac took inspiration from Cassidy for several of his characters, like On the Roads, Dean. Uh, Ginsburg spoke of him in Howl and referenced him several times throughout his poetry. At the time, it is commonly known as that Cassidy and Ginsburg had a romantic relationship as well. Um... He's very anti-war. Ginsburg was an anti-vocal, anti was a vocal anti-war protester during Vietnam, as were many of his generation, along with Norm Mailer and Noam Chomsky. He signed the call to resist illegitimate authority, a campaign started by Resist. Ginsburg announced that he would refuse tax payments in protest, kind of like Henry David Thoreau did that, I believe. They put him in jail for it. The poets are always uh, rising up, man. They're 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 a crew. They're a creed. Uh, they're great. And he once, uh, Ginsburg once stripped for an audience. Ginsburg was popular for doing public readings of Howe, which often attracted hundreds of fans. At one such reading, a fan challenged whether Ginsburg would ever really go naked in the world. Ginsburg silenced Heckler by stripping his clothes off stage. He said, here I am. Here's my naked, here's my naked body. Ginsburg's writing was credited with being easy to read, at times blunt. He became well-known for using blunt language to talk, to talk about taboo or controversial subjects, much like the subjects that got him into legal trouble with Howell. He was often asked why he was so open with taboo topics like sexual relationships, addiction, violence, and political ideology. Ginsburg referenced fellow author Herbert Hunky. We remember him. Uh, hustler. Poet. Cocaine addict. Uh, mayor of 42nd Street, Herbert Hunker, as being punky, as being pivotal in breaking down taboos and opening conversation. Hunky long suffered from heroin addiction, but was unable to get support because it was unbecoming to discuss heroin in society. So Gin says, you know what, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it, Hunk. Um, when Ginsburg died in 1997, he was cremated. His ashes were divided into thirds so that he could be buried in different places in accordance with his wishes. One third of his ashes were buried in India, and one third with his family in New York. And then when his longtime partner finally passed away, the final third of his ashes were buried alongside him. Leading up to his death, and after his doctors warned that he might die soon, Ginsburg called everyone in his address book. He said his goodbyes, many optimistic and upbeat, and many sad and tearful. 
Johnny Depp was one of the well-known names that received a goodbye call from the famous poet. How about that going on? What the hell's going on with Johnny Depp? That lady shitting in his bed. You got the bald guy up there talking about, do you see that? There's a bald man, an artist, who Johnny Depp helped. And this guy, and the lawyers are going, how hard you kiss Amber Heard to him? And he's going, what, what do you mean, the talk of the kiss? The talk of the kiss? You got to watch it. You got to have a mug root beer today. You got to relax. You got to feel good. I don't know what time it is. I don't know where I am. Uh, what the hell? Oh, when I come back, a poem by Ginsburg. Let's do it. Is it time for Ginsburg? America by Allen Ginsburg. America, I've given you all, and I now... Let me, let me restart. America by Allen Ginsberg. America, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. America, $2.27, January 17th, 1956. I can't stand my own mind. America, when will we end the human war? Go fuck yourself with your atom bomb. I don't feel good. Don't bother me. I don't write any poem till I'm in the right mind. America, when will you be angelic? When will you take off your clothes? When will you look at yourself through the grave? When will you be worthy of, the, of your millions of Trotskyites? America, why are your libraries full of tears? America, when will you send your eggs to India? I'm sick of your insane demands. When can I go into the supermarket and buy what I need with my good looks? America, after all, it is you and I who are perfect, not the next world. Your machinery is too much for me. You made me want to be a saint. There must be some other way to settle this argument. Burroughs is in Tangiers. I don't think he'll come back. It's sinister. Are you being sinister, or is it this from some form of practical joke? I'm trying to come to the point. I refuse to give up my obsession. America, stop pushing. I know what I'm doing. America, the plum blossoms are falling. I haven't read the newspaper for months. Every day somebody goes on trial for murder. America, I feel sentimental about the Wobblies. America, I used to be a communist when I was a kid. I'm not sorry. I smoke marijuana every chance I get. I sit in my house for days on end and stare at the roses in the closet. When I go to Chinatown, I get drunk and never get laid. My mind is made up. There's going to be trouble. You should have seen me reading Marx. My psychoanalyst thinks I'm perfectly right. I won't say the Lord's Prayer. I have mystical visions and cosmic vibrations. America, I still haven't told you what you did to Uncle Max after he came over from Russia. I'm addressing you. Are you going to let me let your emotional life be run by Time Magazine? I'm obsessed by Time Magazine. I read it every week. It cover stares at me every time I slink past the corner candy store. I read it in the basement of the Berkeley Public Library. It's always telling me about responsibility. Businessmen are serious. Movie producers are serious. Everybody's serious but me. It occurs to me that I am America. I'm talking myself again. Asia is rising against me. I haven't got a Chinaman's chance. I better consider my national resources. My national resources can have two joints of marijuana, millions of gener generals, and unpublishable private literature that jet planes 1,400 miles an hour and 25,000 mental institutions. I say nothing about my prisons nor the millions of underprivileged who live in my flower pots under the light of 500 suns. I have abolished the whorehouses of France. Tangiers is next to go. My ambition is to be president despite the fact that I'm a Catholic. America... 
How can I write a holy litany in your silly mood? I will continue like Henry Ford. My strobes are as individual as his automobiles. More so, they'll all be different sexes. America, I will sell you strobes. 2500 apiece. 500 down on your old strobe. America, free Tom Mooney. America, save the Spanish loyalists. America, Sacco and Vanzetti must not die. America, I am the Scottsboro Boys. America, when I was seven, Mama took me to the communist cell meetings. They sold us garbanzo, a handful per ticket. A ticket cost a nickel, and the speeches were free. Everybody was angelic and sentimental about the workers. It was all so sincere. You have no idea what a good thing the party was in 1835. Scott Nearing was a grand old man with a real mensch mother blower. The silk strikers, Ewig, Wilchib, made me cry. I once saw the Yiddish orator Israel Amter plane. Everybody must have been a spy. America, you really want to go to war. America, it's them bad Russians, them Russians, them Russians, and them Chinamen, and them Russians. The Russia wants to eat us alive. The Russia's power mad. She wants to take our cars from out of our garages. Her wants to grab Chicago. Her needs a Red Reader's Digest. Her wants are auto plants in Siberia. Him, big bureaucracy, running our filling stations, then no good. Ugh. Him make Indians learn read. Him need big black. Ha! Her make us all work 16 hours a day. Help, America, this is quite serious. America, this is the impression I get from looking in the television set. America, is this correct? I better get right down to the job. It's true. I don't want to join the army or turn latches in precision parts factories. I'm nearsighted and psychopathic anyway. America, I'm putting my queer shoulder to the wheel. Uh, that's Allen Ginsberg's America from Collective Programs Poems, 1947 to 1980. Copyright by Allen Ginsberg. What'd you think of that? Not sure I knew what the hell was going on with it, but I liked it. I like that stuff. You know I do. You know I like the easy, the easy, uh, the easy boys with the periods, with the redundancy, the lyrical stuff. Go fuck yourself with your atom bomb. Everybody's serious but me. I like the part when, uh, when he was saying, uh, America free Tom Mooney, America save the Spanish loyalists. I like. I like it. It reminds me of something. It reminds me of the 60s, I guess, right? That's what it feels like. It just feels like the 60s. <laughs> to me, it does. I liked it. That's when we. That's when I kind of wanted to have uh, been breathing, living, dying on this planet without all the hippie bullshit, just the poetry, just the want to be against the man, that sort of thing. Half-burned cigarettes and ashtrays. Folk music on the jukebox. You get to wear nice turtleneck sweaters made of wool. The finest wool. We still made wool in this country. <laughs> we long for the days when we had enough sheep to make our own wool. We're all the sheep farms, America! Ah, that mug root beer. They catch you every time. Well, that was a lot. You know, that was a lot of poetry. I've been running really long lately. I didn't think Ginsburg poem was going to be that long. I am an asthmatic. I need a puff. Have a good Saturday, folks. Read a poem. If it's nice where you live, lay in the grass. I saw a worm today. I named him Charlie.
I said, get back in your hole, Charlie. Get back in your hole. Maybe Charlie's in his hole now, his dark, muddy hole, reading poetry, feeling alive. Hey, until next time, peace and love, peace and love, beef, Jackie. And I got the new podcast coming out. Get your hands off my Jetsons. Look for it where podcasts are available after I record it today. Hey, peace and love, peace and love, beef, Jackie.